Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, alongside Nick Yurko, a.k.a. the Duke of Hobbies. May the fourth be with you, Nick. How are we doing today? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I'm doing well, Jake. I'm doing well. A little hectic, as you know. Yes. Uh, so as our to our listeners here, I will be on for a little bit, but I'll be jumping off and leaving Jake a little bit by himself here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just schedules are a little crazy for us lately. Uh, yes. Hopefully they'll be calming it's down. It's only this. fair um, that you did this to me because I did it to you this weekend on our bonus when you uh, talked to Azul. I wasn't feeling well, so uh, last minute stuff come up with you. So that's cool. At least you're here uh, for the start. Yeah. Yeah, so, but without further ado, though, let's get right into this, because we got, again, we have another guest on, and I have to say, (laughs) well, this has been someone we've been both really eyeing to get on the show for a while here. Uh, Jake, how about you? You're you're the one. Since I started getting into Pokemon and trying to get competitive and listening to podcasts, this is the podcast that I first started listening to, and they've been around the longest. It's J.W. Crewell from Tag Team Podcast. Hey, thanks so much. Happy to be here. Oh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, this is uh it's kind of uh it's kind of crazy. We had you in our Triple P Saturday Select. Uh we yes. were watching that crazy game. Uh <laughs> and we were rooting for you. And then who would have known you would have gone up one of your worst weaknesses there? I um, know. Uh, that, was, that was pretty sad. Was pretty sad <laughs> tournament. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean you, you, you were, were the only orbital. You were the only orbital that whole day. I, I know, like looking at the results and stuff, and I think a couple of the locals that you played were just like, "What was I supposed to do? Like, what were we <laughs> supposed to do?" We're like, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was. Uh, we, we wish we would have gotten to watch. We watched a few of your games later and everything, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it was such a such an awesome t- time to have you on there. So we appreciate you joining us there and even now too. Yeah, that's great. Sure. Thank you guys once again. Yeah, so um, for the fans that might not know who you are, um, obviously, J.W. Crewall from Tag Team. Um, tell us just a little bit about yourself um, and your kind of basic history or start into Pokemon. Sure. So a little bit about me as a person. I am a Christian. I am a person that uh, plays the bassoon. I'm a musician. Uh, I have kind of briefly left that field uh, and now i do computer science work um just recently got a job actually after getting out of boot camp so that's pretty exciting Congrats. thank you very much and um in terms of my time in the game which is probably more exciting to your listeners i've been playing for about 10 years and i started in 2011 i started at a battle road they were called battle roads at the time that was basically what we have in league challenges right now mm-hmm. and i remember i went four and two at my first battle road but it was an important tournament because that's where i met the leader of the michigan state university pokemon club and this was where i got my full immersion into the competitive scene Uh, i was going to michigan state or i was about to go to michigan state in 2011 uh, and so found the pokemon club found out that hey there are people doing this competitively they're traveling and i just got hooked immediately so my second tournament was fort wayne regionals 
where, or excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne regionals. And I got top eight at that tournament, which was exciting. Wow. I met some really great people there and that was like, and I was hooked. I was just so excited mm. with that tournament and that was so fun. And then fast, fast forward a few years, I had been, you know, really into the competitive scene, but not as I, I generally don't play as much due to my performance schedule. I was performing on the weekends or traveling to different gigs or whatnot. And so I only played maybe probably averaged two or three regionals every year, which is severely lacking behind some of my colleagues, but uh, won a regionals in 2014, Fort Wayne again. And then most recently 2019 won a regionals in Virginia. So uh, it's been a great time playing. I love the game and I just like to make people smile using Pokemon cards. <laughs> That's awesome. That's an awesome history. Uh, what was what what drove you to the game uh, right off the bat, though? Was it be, did you play the video games originally, or was it something else that got you into playing the card game? Yeah, really great question. So growing up, I had always played, but it had just been with my dad. And I can't actually remember a time that I lost to my dad, but I still had a really good time creating decks and playing with him. And I remember I would just sit in my room for hours and I would create decks and they'd usually be themed in some way. So I'd have, you know, I remember I I probably still have these bags somewhere because I would put my um, cards and penny sleeves, and then I'd put them in a Ziploc bag, and then I'd put the name of the deck on the bag. So I have Spring, which was Grass and Lightning, and then I'd have you know Autumn, which was Fire and Ground, and then I'd have Winter, which was Water. You know, so I'd have these that's kind of cool. themes. Yeah, and I and that's what I would do. I just construct these decks and take them apart and build new ones and uh, play with uh, play with my dad. I had no idea that the local Toys R Us was hosting tournaments. I had no idea. Uh, So fast forward to high school, my senior year of high school, I pull these cards back up and I'm talking to some pretty close friends of mine. And I'm like, Hey, you guys still have cards. You want to sling some poke? And they're saying, yeah, of course we'd like to sling some poke. And so it got to the point where everyone was getting really into the card game. We were going out at midnight on, you know, Fridays and going to the store and buying our tins and ripping the packs and just spending way too much money for high school students to spend on on Pokemon <laughs> cards. And that was kind of a, a drug. And we, we started a high school Pokemon club. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a really good time. And so that's where I kind of got that like competitive drive that made me want to figure out what was what was out there. So eventually, as was the case in the day, we didn't have Facebook groups. So you had to find forums and the predominant forum was Pokegym, which I had been on probably since, I don't know, 2009 or so. But it was about then that I was trying to get into the game a little bit more. And I found myself to a forum called Hey Trainer. Now, if you're not old enough to remember Hey Trainer, that is it was the Wild West of the Pokemon trading card game. And there hasn't been anything coming even close to that since because there was no moderation. So when you think about, oh, you know, hey, Fonte uh, or or Verbank City, like they're so toxic. It it was completely beyond that. Like (laughs) and and you knew that going in and you had to have very thick skin going into something like that because it was, you know, certainly some of the best of the Internet. I met some really good friends there, Um, but, you know, also some of the worst, like you had just people using very vulgar language and uh, just being generally very rude to each other. And uh, it was a great place, especially for somebody trying to come into the game. And so uh, I found that around the end of the SP era. 
And the SP era is a lot of basic Pokemon, a lot of, um, uh, there's the, the only card in Pokemon's history that, that, has a mechanic that starts on your opponent's turn. So you have power spray, which mm-hmm. basically would prevent, wow. they were Poke powers in the day, but it would basically be like preventing your opponent from using Dedene's ability when they played it to your hand or played mm-hmm. it down onto the field, which is like absurdly powerful, right? So a lot of skill back then. And I was just getting into the into the competitive scene. And um, yeah, so, so that was kind of my genesis into it. I found these uh-huh. forums. And then I knew I had to play and I got linked up with the kids at Michigan state. Wow. That's wow. awesome. That's, that's yeah. a really cool story. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> you don't, you know, a lot of us, uh, you know, for, I, I feel like for some people it's like, ah, oh, I played the game a little bit, or, you know, but like even, I, I don't know. I, I know a lot of my friends who were, they just collected the cards and never mm-hmm. actually picked up and played the game. So yeah. that's, that's really interesting to be actually being able to play it, being able play it with a family member that's awesome yeah yeah that's a great point and and that was one thing i was like immediately drawn to i saw these cards they had text i wanted to know what they did i i cared less about how they looked although i did enjoy kind of the art aspect to it Mm -hmm. and i cared more about what they did so that was certainly just trying to unlock you know these creatures and their potential was a really big uh kind of you know starting point for me growing up you know five six seven years old trying to figure out what these things could how they could interact with each other well, Jake, you know what we always got to do? We got someone on for the first time for the show. We got four set of standard questions we got to go through. Yes, we do. Um, I'll start this off. Um, assuming that you played the video games, even if you haven't, um, I'm assuming you know all the starters. Um, what is your favorite starter um, in Pokemon? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say that my favorite starter of all time has got to be, it's got to be Chespin. Oh, nice. And I think that's that's a little under the radar, but I'll tell you why. Again, this comes back to Michigan State. Uh, all the guys went out, and this was probably the last Pokemon game that I bought was black and white. And we waited in line, and we got it at the midnight release, and I just kind of fell in love with Chespin. Now, Chestnut is probably among the worst final <laughs> basic evolutions ever made, but yeah. Chespin holds that, holds that special place. So did you play through the whole game without evolving him because he's just so much cooler? <laughs> I think I I think I eventually I think I eventually evolved him all the way. Yeah. Well, this isn't a Nuzlocke challenge. It'd <laughs> be crazy. Uh, well, we had Mahoan on, and he said he played the whole th- game through with just Squirtle, getting him to level ninety nine. So maybe J- yeah, JW okay. did the same thing. Good point. So. Good point. <laughs> I usually oh. tended to like make a well-rounded team. That was, that yeah. was, I, you know, and I would do these things where I'd make sure, you know, okay, everybody got to level 40 and then I'd move on from there. Or everybody got to level. 50. So I never really had one person that was, you know, way too high, you know, one Pokemon that was way too high level. I was always tr- pretty equitable about my, mm-hmm. my care and attention to each Pokemon. Very cool. All right. Well, so who's your favorite Pokemon in the game? at all and it could be for whatever reason it could be you know just the way it looks the, the strength of it if it was in a card that you liked it just who's your favorite pokemon sure i love dragonite i think dragonite's a great pokemon nice nice uh, what, what what dro- drove you to dragonite what drove me to dragonite ah, it's probably like the movie promo fair enough yeah you know yeah. And, and 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 it's in its prominence in the movie i i thought the first movie when you know it 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 kind of has a a person i mean all the pokemon they do a really good job i feel like of giving them personalities but mm. in that first movie when he's like flying around and he like comes down and he drops the letter off to ash and uh you know i thought that was really just like an interesting interaction i guess and so i think that probably stuck with me 
he was also sense. the first dragon type Pokemon in the game, right? Uh, or yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I so. I'm trying to remember because video game wise, oh, there's uh, well, that's that's a different <laughs> tangent. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay, so going to the next one, um, I'll take this one because I know you guys on your podcast do like a, the card of the day, and yep. you guys always pick great ones. Um, but I've always wondered since you you know you do the card of the day, what is your actual favorite? card that in in the history yeah sure that's that's again another it's really hard to narrow down um so i'll give you kind of a range okay. uh, and my favorite range of cards my favorite era of cards is the heart gold soul silver era and that was again right as i was starting to get into the game and i thought the primes were beautiful i thought the whole art set was really nice one of the uh, key yeah. defining characteristics of this generation of of cards was that they don't have the horrid yellow border. They have kind of a <laughs> silver and gold mix. And if you've ever seen a Japanese card, a Japanese hollow in particular, they usually have a silver border to them. And so I've always kind of, it hasn't bothered me necessarily that that the English cards have always had yellow borders, but that hard gold soul silver, like you could just see the potential of having like a silver border or another color border. I just love kind of the art style of those cards and and those will always be, really special cards to me i'm actually building well i've i've built a cube of heart gold soul silver cards that i just it's kind of my baby that's cool nice. that's really neat yeah. all right well then we gotta hit you with the opposite one on that one what's the <laughs> what do you think is the worst card in the game and it could be for whatever reason uh, standard been, format expanded any of that i've been thinking about this one a lot too are you saying in terms of like the power level or of the art because for whatever uh, reason, whatever reason yeah, more okay. powerful to you. Leave it open. <laughs> sure. There's there's a there's a like a neo I think neo discovery or neo destiny. There's a Tyrogue that is <laughs> absurd. It looks disgusting. It's in this kind of hand drawn like it, it. I don't think a child did it. Like it has like the touches of like a real artist, but it's like you look at the card and you wonder why someone would ever create this card. So it's got like its arm is kind of bent and it looks like it's a broken arm and the face is like kind of contorted into like an oval shape. And it mm -hmm. just it's it's disgusting. It's a horrible card. I'm going to share, I, our listeners can't see this right now, but I'm going to share the screen with everyone on our call here, just because <laughs> I think I found the card you're, you're talking it's about. It's that. Yep, yep. it's oh, that. Yep. <laughs> I, do, I had just seen this the other day, and I think it was like the top 10 ugliest Pokemon cards in the game. So that is hilarious that you just you mentioned that. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so bad. I will have a link to that in the episode description. <laughs> oh, uh, please so do. That's, everyone that's else can see this card. <laughs> it is true. And then the, what is it? It's the, the spin top Pokemon in the back there, like I, cheering him on. Like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, also, also kind of looked like he, he got melted a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yep. It's uh, we love doing those questions with everyone. There's always a little insight that we find e each person. So thank you. Um, and yeah, with course. that, I am actually going to have to be jumping out now. Okay. Uh, but Jake, JW, good. Have fun. Uh, and sure. I can't wait to listen to this later in the editing side. So uh, thank you again for joining us. I appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, have a good one, Nick. And with that, we'll jump into the Whimsy Watch. Hello, welcome to another Whimsy Watch Meta Report. This week, I see a continuing trend from last week in a rise of Luke Metal play and performance. 
It's looking like more and more of savvy meta call with the shrinking pool of fire decks. The Senna Scorches, the Victinis, the Reshisards being pushed to the fringes in favor of in favor of Urshifu's, Dragapults, and those new three variants. This puts Luke Metal in a place where it has a favorable or at worst 50-50 matchup versus the most popular decks in the field. Its unique lack of using traditional support Pokemon leave no easy targets for those ADPs or Urshifus to prey upon, leaving the matchup to be a slower and more of a slugfest, which works in Luke Metal's favor with its ample amounts of healing and damage reduction in cards like Mallow and Lana and Metal Goggles on top of that big attack of Full Metal Wall GX. So keep a lookout for Luke Metal. He is for sure to be a little wall to climb during your Player's Cup 4 run. Speaking of Player's Cup 4, how's your run going? What do you keep running into in your pods? Is it ADP or Luke Metal? Let me know by sending me a tweet over at WatchFlimsy on Twitter. Just tag me and I'll see it. Now we're only one week into our month-long grind of the qualifying stage, but having a look at the current leaderboards, 46 rep would put you in the qualifying top 256. But like I said, it is early in the event, so expect that number to rise drastically and potentially double. So if you haven't burned through all your 50 keys yet, keep at it and good luck. I also wanted to plug my tournament to crown the best cards that will be leaving the standard format come this year's rotation. We are currently looking at the supporter cards that are leaving, so go get your vote in over at challenge.com or in our Triple P Discord. Links can be found on my Twitter, at WatchWimsy, somewhere in the show notes as well. That's going to wrap it up this week. Let's get back to the cast. All right. Thank you, Chuck. Um, great job, as always. Um, with that, I actually would like to go into the news arc. And it was actually kind of a good thing that we pushed it back to a, a Tuesday because um, all the... Uh, the evolutions have their VMAX forms on this new article here on Pokey Beach. And I would like to go over a couple of these because I think there's some pretty interesting cards coming up in the future um, that might have a impact on the game. Um, so I, I was thinking originally we'll probably just do like one to two each. Um, so if you're cool with that, we can uh, jump into there. Um, Let's do it. And I will take the first one. Um, I'm going to pick Umbreon VMAX. I think um, this card has a lot of potential in the format, especially with Eternatus. Um, so obviously it's a dark type Pokemon. It's a single strike Pokemon. It has 310 HP and it's uh, stage one, obviously VMAX. Um, and his ability reads, um, dark signal once during your turn. Um, when you play this card from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon, you may switch one of your opponent's bench Pokemon with their active. So it's boss's orders, um, essentially. And I think this would fit really well into, into Eternatus because a lot of times Eternatus wants to gust, but it doesn't have, you know, it wants to draw through its deck uh, to, to either find more Pokemon or, or just get energies or anything like that. Um, so a lot of times you have to like pick what one do I want to do? Now you don't really have to do that. You can kind of just go straight into the Umbreon, evolve him, and, um, you know, go off from there. Um, and Eternatus, you know, does Eternatus things. Um, but on top of that, it also has a, a decent attack for, uh, for a, it says R, but I'm thinking that's a dark and two colorless. Um, it just max arc for 160 damage, which is, is 
still a really good number because um, you're basically two-shotting most things in the meta. Um, and it, it, since it's a single strike, you can also, uh, you know, bump that number up with the single strike energies and potentially, you know, get get those bigger guys, the Eternatuses or or anything that has that uh, that that three forty plus range where you're, you're putting them into two-shot range. Sure, absolutely. Um, so you have any any thoughts on Umbreon, um, uh, you know, aside from what I uh, kind of yeah, put it out absolutely. there? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, I think it's an interesting card, no doubt. I always love when they make just more cards that do more things. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I do like that. I would be a little hesitant to immediately place this card into a playable tier. I'm yeah. worried that having to evolve uh, is just maybe not as... Not as good as what uh, as what Eternatus needs. You know, you could probably just afford to play another boss if you're really that worried about gusting. However, I do like that it is, you know, a searchable Pokemon. Uh, you probably don't play this as, you know, I don't know how you would justify like a 2-2 line, especially because it doesn't have a particularly strong or or easily powered up attack. Obviously, those three attachments are going to be pretty difficult for an Umbreon to uh, to get to unless you did some kind of um, uh, Galarian Moltres energy <laughs> switch combo. But again, we're talking about way too much investment for way too little return. So we'll have to see about Umbreon. I'm, I'm a little more skeptical. I think a lot of people are looking at this card and being like, yes, uh, immediately in, uh, in a turn. Yeah. And I would say, you know what, maybe, probably, but uh, but I'm a little more hesitant. I think it's definitely worth, um, you know, just jumping into and experimenting with, um, oh, yeah. especially going into the next meta. It, it does seem to be or appear to be a little bit of a slower meta, so it might find its place in a deck at that yeah. point. Um, you're probably right, though, uh, being a stage one and evolving multiple Pokemon um, in this quick game, probably not super viable right off the bat. Um, but I do see promise in it, at least, you know, at least to, you know, experiment with. Well, sure. definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's always good when they print, you know, abilities like that on Pokemon. So I'm happy that it's here. So it's just now kind of trying to find the best way to utilize it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so did any of these stick out to you as like, oh, this is something I really want to play or you think might be like a tier kind of uh, you know, playability? Yeah, sure. So I really enjoy the uh, the Glaceon VMAX. I think that's probably, in my opinion, either that or the Jolteon, some of the most uh, playable of the thus revealed mm-hmm. evolution, evolutions. Uh, but the ability Crystal Veil, prevent all damage done to this Pokemon from your opponent's attacking VMAXs, mm-hmm. um, except for, I guess, a Glaceon VMAX, so it doesn't prevent itself from attacking anyway uh and then it has a max icicle which is like kind of a, a dark spear attack 150 to the active and 30 to one of your opponent's bench pokemon so i like this um just crystal veil is something that we've seen on you know zamazenta right uh mm-hmm. where it's this this kind of blocking this hindrance of vmax pokemon and i think as we get um more and more uh, away from tag teams like after rotation hits VMAXs are kind of a thing. So yeah. I don't know that there's really anything that can um, threaten a Glaceon outside of a Zamazenta. And so I think outside of Zamazenta-based decks, like you're going to have a, a pretty good time. Do you feel that this card will kind of like come up in the meta and down kind of like um, Decidueye does right now? Um, like if it's doing, if it's having a lot of success, uh, maybe you see... Um, a Phoebe come in there. Um, but then if, you know, nobody is not having success, maybe Phoebe just kind of goes away and it kind of finds its way into there. 
Sure, sure. That's a, a great question. I mean, it's kind of tough, right? Because I think look at the decks that you see Phoebe in right now. Uh, Phoebe is in Rapid Strike Urshifu, which has the ability to knock, you know, two um, two Pokemon at once. Um, mm-hmm. And then it, it's also in uh, Eternatus, right? Which has the ability to one shot opponents Pokemon. So yeah. I think, you know, you look at the like Phoebe as being an answer to this card. And it's, it's really not, you kind of have to, if you're, if you're not Eternatus or maybe even rapid strike, like you have to build your deck in a way that you can have these strong one prize attackers, or, or I guess the basic, uh, the V's uh, be able to attack Nicolaseon. And that, that just doesn't like right now, I don't really think of a deck right now that, that can be built to beat a Glaceon, uh, even though, um, you know, even though like we have Decidueye, but I think uh, the meta would have to dictate whether or not Glaceon mm-hmm. is is good or bad. Whereas right now, people can tech in those Phoebes to, uh, you know, hit into the Decidueyes. Um, it's going to be kind of a meta shift whether or not yeah. this will be viable as opposed to like teching in one card. Yeah, that's a great point um, because it, yeah, with the, any of those walling cards, usually you can, if you can get around that wall for some reason, like a Phoebe or, or something else, um, you're still knocking them out generally in one hit and you're not doing that. Yeah. With, so even yeah, if you ex- do exactly. that perfect time, yeah, you're, you're three tens, a hard number to hit. Um, especially for like, even like an Eternatus, like having to do the pings in half the time that perfectly and get the damage. It, it seems a little much, uh, a little too much for a deck to kind of overcome uh, for sure. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Cool. So yeah, the and you kind of alluded to this one. I think um, Jolteon is one that I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, so he's just an electric type, uh, stage one V Max. Um, he has no ability on this one, but he does have um, probably the coolest name uh, for attack: of <laughs> the, uh, the the Max uh, Thunderclap, going uh, 100 damage, and this uh, attack does 100 damage to one of your opponent's bench pokemon if it already has damage counters on it don't apply weakness or resistance so uh fairly uh, cheap attack cost especially going in with the trainer i think it was the mm. elemental badge was that um yeah so if you play the elemental badge it just um reduces that attack cost by one colorless so for one uh, lightning energy you're doing essentially 200 damage to your oppo- your opponent's um you know, Pokemon in play, and he's a great, he can be a great set of Pokemon for very cheap attack cost. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to maybe slotting him into a deck or two. Um, you have anything to add on, on that or anything like that? Yeah, I think, I think Jolteon's a really nice card, a pretty, um, pretty weak on its own, but it gets things mm-hmm. and expanded like Thunder Mountain and Electro Power, uh, and then standard, obviously you get getting that new tool. So I think it'll, I think it'll be pretty strong for us uh, for a number of reasons. And you got the, you got the free retreat. Like there's a lot of things that point to this card being oh, pretty good. I didn't even realize he had free retreat. So with you until you said that and I'm, yeah, it's uh there's no retreat cost there for, for Jolteon. So yeah, he can definitely be probably not your primary attacker, but definitely, yeah. you know, a utility attacker for sure. Yep. 
cool. So did you have uh, maybe one more that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, or? sure. I think uh, you look at some of the other ones, they're, they're a little less interesting, a little less viable, but um, something like Vaporeon VMAX mm -hmm. with its first attack is certainly very interesting. So it has a water pot attack, it says put one Pokemon from your discard pile onto your bench, then attach up to three water energy from your discard pile to that Pokemon. So if the translation is true, yep. then putting one Pokemon means that it could be an evolution Pokemon. Yep. And just having that uh, is sometimes very abusable. Some I say sometimes yep. because we've only seen it very briefly. We have Orbeetle in the standard format currently, and that's very difficult to uh, get out and, and utilize effectively. So a uh, water pot, I mean, obviously there's a few different things here with the Vaporeon VMAX. You can put uh, energy acceleration, which is really nice, but it does cost that attack, right? So you're mm -hmm. going to have to waste a turn trying to get your guys set up on the bench. Yeah. So there's a, there's a definitely high high reward, but a pretty high risk as well. For sure. Like the one thing that kind of jumped out, and this still might be a little slow um, in the current format. Um, uh, this is more like after um, using that uh, bubble pod for like a Blastoids VMAX, um, mm. accelerating his energy and then just kind of going off from there. Obviously, it's another stage uh, one. So again, it's going to be slower. But if you can successfully get that off and they don't gust, then you're accelerating energies to the rest of your water Pokemon and doing, you know, damage to the active and bench. Um, it seems like, you know, another one of those decks that might not be like S tier or whatnot, but it, it can definitely be a fun deck to play and something to I experiment with. Sure. I agree. But cool. Yeah. I mean, we can go on and on about these. Uh, I, I think we highlighted the, the best of the bunch uh, for sure. Um, so I do want to kind of go past that. And then one last thing I want to um, kind of just go over as news article or news is just uh, reiterate that we have another Saturday select coming up. That's going to be on May 15th at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, we're going to have 100 plus packs in the uh, prize pool and we're not capping it this time. So it could definitely go um, higher as far as what we had last time. And first place will be getting a PTCGO golden level ball. So not too def bad. Definitely. Um, on top of that, I mean, we're, we're going to be casting again, um, which I, I found that to be really uh, fun and, and maybe different from what most people do. Um, and just kind of seeing a lot of different matchups and, you know, getting to talk to players in, in between matches and stuff like that. Um, so it should be a fun time um, and look forward to seeing, you know, everybody there and what list they might bring. Right. All right, so going on from news, um, there's three main topics I really kind of want to talk to you about, and the first one being um, podcasting. Um, like I kind of alluded to when we first kind of started, um, you were the first podcast I found. Um, I think you guys have been doing it the longest, and you guys um, kind of rock it every week. Um, and I know when I first started, I didn't know much about Pokemon and you guys were, you know, talking ADP or Picarom. And I'm like, what, what are these decks and whatnot? <laughs> so, uh, cause we are newer players. I, I started right before pandemic and mm. Nick started during pandemic. Um, so listening to you guys was key in for, especially initially just learning decks, um, learning what they do, um, and kind of the general strategy of those decks. So I appreciate you guys. And I want to say thank you um, for sure for being there uh, for the community, even myself and everybody else. I know um, everybody I talk to loves your podcast for sure. Appreciate it. 
but um, what I the first kind of thing I want to talk about is how did you guys kind of start your podcast? How did well, that like the origin story of the podcast go? Yeah, yeah. So Riley just came up and was like, "Hey, there's this kind of blank space in mm-hmm. Pokemon right now. There's a lot of great content creators making YouTube videos, but there's not a lot of good content creators." talking about the game in like a very casual style and we mm-hmm. wanted to bring our expertise because riley is another regional champ but you know i've won a couple of tournaments we've been to worlds you know multiple times between us like we just have a lot of um knowledge of the game we're like hey you know this was something that some people had tried before but for some reason a lot of things just like this fizzle out and so we knew that there was a space for it and Riley came up to me, Hey, what do you, you know, what do you think about this idea? And I said, yeah, this seems like a really great way to engage with the community, give people something to listen to and, and really bring our expertise to the game. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. And you, you said fizzle out. And I think that's very key because um, the biggest thing I think with any kind of podcast, no matter what you're talking about is just kind of consistency mm-hmm. um, and staying on track. Did you guys um, talk about that? Like at the start, just like, Hey, we we're gonna do every week and try not to miss and just kind of keep that um, consistent schedule. Yeah, consistency is huge for us. And whether or not you do a podcast once a month or once every other week, but consistency is a big thing, and it was a big priority with us. So really making sure that we set aside that time every single week, or if we have an issue like we are actually gonna have tomorrow, uh, that we're proactive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had recently, we've had actually two solo episodes because yeah. things just kind of came up, but, but, you know, you look at our, at our catalog and it's always been the two of us. Um, and, and if maybe one of us couldn't make, we would have a guest on or something like that. But, um, it is all about consistency. You see a lot, there have been a number of podcasts over the years. Certainly there have been a number that I can think of over the last, you know, 10 years and, and more and more now recently that podcasting is becoming a little bit more uh, interesting to people, but they always seem to fizzle out for some reason or another. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe people weren't finding the traction that they wanted in the audience, or they just had a conflicting schedule and they just couldn't make it work. And there's a lot of reasons that podcasts fizzle out, but that I think is is a testament to, to just our resolve and and us trying to give back in a way that we feel is um is is healthy and good for the community it's really funny that you know when we there was one episode that we had a couple weeks ago that just for some reason our podcasting platform didn't upload it to spotify Mm -hmm. so it uploaded it to itunes you know we recorded the episode as normal but it just for some reason it didn't go to spotify so i got maybe five messages (laughs) that you know that thursday hey jw where's the podcast you know and where's the podcast like did you guys get it uploaded i'm like yeah we did the podcast Uh, it just (laughs) wasn't up on spotify you know you can find it everywhere else and so I thought that was really funny and kind of like reminds me, oh yeah, there's there's a ton of people that listen to us and um and that really that really value having that on the, on their Thursdays. Yeah, for sure. I know I do I do um manufacturing, so um I'm just yeah. on a line um uh, building things all day and whenever I can, you know, put you in my ear for about an hour or so, it's uh it makes uh the time go a lot faster. I'm like, "Oh, I wish there was more." Um, but, but I really <laughs> appreciate, you know, appreciate uh, that. Yeah, life kind of gets in the way uh, to all that. Um, so another thing with the consistency, though, um, 
And I found, so we're not quite even to a year yet, um, but we've been trying to keep it, you know, that week consistent. We haven't actually missed a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that kind of can come an issue, especially slower times after towards the end of a meta, is just kind of finding fresh ideas. Have you guys ever kind of run into kind of that kind of issue or have you guys always had something organically to talk about? Oh, all the time. But I think, again, that being there every single week, we're forced to find something. We're mm-hmm. forced to find something to talk about. So we think throughout the week, okay, hey, what about this idea? What about this idea? There was a time right between worlds and rotation last year that we had to come up with just ideas for topics. So there's some things that we have experience wise that we can talk about. So like favorite stories, we can talk about how to get better at the game. You know, we kind of did those topics. Um, we can bring up, um, other, you know, other people have other people talk, uh, with us, you know, and, and, you know, there are a few other things that we, that we try to do. One thing that we try to steer away from, and that's, this is not, uh, on, this is not a knock on like this podcast or any other podcast that does mm-hmm. this. It's very difficult to maintain guests every week on the show. So that oh, was yeah. something that we tried very hard to make it about, you know, make it about us. And that's, I hope that doesn't sound too um, no. egocentric, but like no, no, when no. we, <laughs> when we make it about us, then we've, we've found that more people are likely to come back and that the guests are like an added bonus. They're like a cherry on top. Yeah. But if the ice cream underneath kind of sucks, you know, no one's going to come. Right. So, so we tried to make it about us and it's just, um, being there, uh, yeah, has been just another kind of grounding philosophy of our, of our cast is that we need to be good when Mm. we bring on somebody, they need to be, um, you know, kind of an extension of what we're already doing and not kind of the main focus. No, no, that's, that's all we, we we found that that's led to longevity as well. Cause we're not trying to coordinate more people, which yeah. is crazy sometimes. For, so for us, like we're we're a newer podcast, we're newer to the game. Um, for our audience, like we're trying to, um, you know, grow with the community and yep. you know become better players. Um, obviously, we don't have the you know the pedigree to you guys do in the Pokemon yeah. game. Uh, yeah. Nick and I were uh, definitely top tier players in um in in other games uh, that you know, kind of died off. Um, okay. So we kind of jumped into Pokemon. What, what did you play? What did you uh, play? We played X-Wing Miniatures. Uh, oh, so, yes. So, there yeah. was a lot of hype around that. It and was then a it really just, great game. And... and then it just kind of fizzled, right? Because they just went under and then they sold everything. I remember yeah. something else like, I remember that that kind of dying. And then I remember, I feel like shortly after the Transformers game died. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's like there pandemic. I think I think it was just timing between um, you know the, the developers not doing great at keeping things balanced. Pandemic, um, and it kind of just went downhill. But I mean, I was already veering off to come into Pokemon anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, just being you know part of this community as the competitive nature and just you know just all the little side steps is it's just been uh, you know a pleasure. Um, but mm-hmm. definitely, I it resonates with me just being you know you know, being about ourselves. So we're, we're not trying to like, you know, take off the successes of anybody else or anything. Like that. No, just, no, no. I that's think it's totally... great to just, especially as newer players is just to, uh, you know, get, get you guys' insight and, and maybe oh, kind of help sure. us learn as, uh, uh, as players. And I feel yeah, like no, we're getting awesome. there. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, no, that's uh no, all great insights. Um, very cool. Um, so the next kind of topic I want to talk about is just streaming overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys, uh, I know you're really heavy into streaming. Um, so what kind of content is most enjoyable for you or what do you mainly try to um, kind of target? Is it more just kind of playing 
um, deck profiles? Is it more like tournaments or is it just ladder play or just hanging out? Uh, what, what do you kind of, what's your strategy when it comes to streaming? Yeah. So streaming, I am trying to, in whatever way, uh, trying to create an atmosphere that people can get away from their normal life. So that is what I'm trying to do. When you come to a stream of mine, I hope that you're coming into someone that you feel is, you know, maybe better at the game than you Maybe you know, hopefully, like, hopefully you feel like um, that's the case. I mean, that that's not always the case with everyone and they still come yeah. and that's fine. And, uh, but that also that, uh, so you're learning something, right? So that's, yeah. that's the core of that. So you're learning something, but then also you're just like hanging out with the dude. Um, so that's what I really try to bring is like, how much fun can I have with Pokemon cards? That's, that's what I want to do. And like, I feel like that to me is what Pokemon's all about that's how i got into it it's just how can i have a good time and share that joy with other people so whether uh, the most fun that i have with pokemon is when i win so i try to make that a priority that you know i try to prioritize you know correct sequencing and proper gameplay but Mm -hmm. i also have a really good time playing you know ridiculous decks and maybe not always playing meta decks. And so yeah. I try to warp that content around that as well, where, you know, we'll, we'll play meta. We'll do, we'll do that. We'll go try hard a lot of the time, but we're also not afraid to, you know, pick up some of the, some of the crazier, weirder things and, and try to do really well with them. So trying to make it fun, trying to make it entertaining and uh, just, yeah, trying to be authentic to, to my experience in the game. Very cool. Yeah, I I know uh, Nick kind of alluded to it earlier when you were on stream. We were we were casting one of your um, games when you unfortunately got were knocked out by the fire deck. Um, but just watching your enthusiasm, even as losing, um, yeah. was is something that even you know um, you we can learn from you know you you know sequencing and, and learn from you as a player. But just your your reaction to the game was just fun to watch. Um, I've seen you win games and have those same reactions. And I think that's draws a lot of people to you. Um, so I think that's definitely something to go, you know, as our audience should go and watch JW because he's one of the more um, entertaining uh, win, lose or draw um, players to watch. Well, sure. it's all about having fun. I think like when you get to a point there, there's, I've seen a lot of players burn out over the years and I've like, I've played long enough that I've like, I, I was somebody's last game like in a number of cases where like they, I beat them and they were like so mad that they Mm -hmm. quit the, like that has happened to me before. And, and if I ever get to that point, like that's when I know that I'll stop, but it's been 11, 12 years and that hasn't been the case. So I just try to bring as much joy to it because we're so unbelievably blessed, like to have the time that we're not having to like, you know, harvest our food or, you know, uh, uh, work, you know, four jobs to make ends meet. Like, I know that I'm like such a blessed guy that I get to play Pokemon cards on stream for an audience. Like, I just always remember that, that I'm just having fun. Like this is a fun game and it should be fun. And if it ever stops being fun, then I'll know that I can, I can move on. No, that's fair. And so, I mean, everybody will get tilted from time to time. It's, it's just a matter of how you deal with it. Um, for example, I was playing on stream, uh, the other day playing in players cup and I was playing against a, a Dragapult, a baby Dragapult. And I got him down to, you know, one prize left or I needed one prize left and, you know, well played on his part, he scooped up and I couldn't boss anything else. And I still had like 
four turns that I just needed to hit one uh, tails and he continued or I continuously, but either way, uh, I, I, the, the coin flips went against me four for four there at the end, which was unfortunate, but I kind of took from your, you know, I was just laughing about it and just like, yeah. you know, it, it yeah. is what it is. So um, definitely it's something to be learned from there too. I mean, I, I, you know, it's upsetting kind of, but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's kind of good content too. So, well, yeah, sure. And, <laughs> and it's not, you know, uh, it's not, it's not only for the content. Like these, these are like true authentic feelings, you know, yeah. certainly. Um, but you know, you see me at a tournament and I'm like way different. I mean, it's just different sides of the same coin, right? Yeah. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't say that a tail side of a coin is, is a different coin than the head side of the coin. It is a different sure. kind of atmosphere there, but yeah, it's just, it's just so fun, like playing a game, like a game. It's a game, yeah, you know, and game. I think more people need to remember it's a game and you can try to do your best and you can try to uh, to 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 achieve everything that you want to achieve. But if you go into the game with your sole focus as being to win, you're going to be let down way more yeah. than you're going to, you know, than you're going to achieve that goal. So you got to keep it in perspective and uh, and remember that, it's rarely going to go your way and just savor the moments that are good and just have fun in the moments uh, that are bad. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, we've had countless guests on, um, you know, from, you know, from having years experience to not, you know, as much experience. And, you know, even with those people with the years experience, even like Mahone, he's only won one big tournament. Um, he's come close many times, but like his attitude towards the game, um, you know, is, is more, you know, what you probably need to have the mindset towards because um, winning is great and it feels great, but it's not everything. It's kind of the journey. Um, if you're not having fun, even if you're, you know, everybody goes through losing streaks. So definitely just, you know, have fun with the game and winning will come. I think. I, I think yes, to an extent, I will say it doesn't come for everybody. Yeah, yeah, you know, it doesn't, you know, true. and, 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 uh, and I don't want to sugarcoat it and say like, well, you know, and I, I tell like my, the people that I coach, like, you know, you, there are things you can control. Yes. And there are things that are out of your control. So the things you can control are your in-game play, you know, your sequencing, uh, you're checking your prizes. Like those are some things that if you're not doing those right, you're probably, you know, your chance of winning obviously go way down. You can still win. There are still very bad people that have won tournaments, you know? Yeah. So, so uh, the other aspect of that are the things that are out of your control. You could pick a really good deck for the tournament, um, but it just, you face the wrong matchups or, mm -hmm. you know, you, you could, you could not foresee a tech that your opponent had or something like that, maybe out of your control. Um, so control the things that you can control. And I think you'll have more success can never guarantee winning because no. that is just, there are so many things that go into it that again, are in your and out of your control. Yeah. I think the main point is, uh, yeah, you, you need to control what you control and put the work in to become successful. Um, but having fun with the game, even in bad moments, sometimes, um, will keep you from that burnout is like you yeah. alluded to earlier. Like you get that one big loss and then you're like, I'm done. Um, you, you definitely you don't want that because you know Pokemon is a game like you said many times, and yeah. we're we're just here to have fun. And winning is is great too, though. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. definitely competitive. I <laughs> I intend to win a big tournament <clears throat> worlds one day. Um, yeah. Even as a newer player, I know what it takes to become you know um, how focused you need to be to give yourself the chance. But yeah, I can't burn myself out either. If um, you know 
sometimes things don't go my way. But, no, but that's cool. Um, as far as the streaming, the last kind of thing I wanted to go over is just um, do you ever like build decks with like your chat, just like fun meme decks or anything like that? Is that kind of uh, something that you do on a normal basis? Or yeah, that's that? a good question. I've, I actually find that that's less interesting to people. So I find that okay. bringing them a deck and then maybe modifying it throughout the course of a stream mm-hmm. um, is, is a little more stimulating. I think a lot of people just enjoy the gameplay aspect, or at least they enjoy that aspect on my stream in particular. So in terms of building things with my community, I tend to leave that to the discords and okay. leave the stream time to be more gameplay or, um, you know, more like hanging out one-on-one or, or mm-hmm. one-on-many with, uh, with the chatters in my stream. No, that makes sense. I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. I think just watching more gameplay and, and hanging out is, is probably cooler. I know other people do it the other way. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that for sure. Um, but cool. Um, that's basically all I had for streaming. I kind of wanted the last topic I wanted to talk about really, um, is players cup Four, um, or just players cup in general. Cause, um, it seems, you know, we're, we're having a lot of these, um, it is a grind. I know I've heard both sides of the coin where people are, um, overwhelmed with too much, uh, gameplay 50 keys is a lot to go in a month. Uh, um, what are your basic strategies and thoughts, you know, going into any, any given, uh, players cup? Yeah, great question. And it's really any tournament in general. So Mm. I tell people control what you can control. We talk about prizes. We talk about in-game sequencing. The Players' Cup is crapshoot, right? You have have people that are actually like looking to, you know, you you have world's competitors and then you have the meme lords and then you have everything (laughs) in between, right? So you, you literally have no meta for the Players' Cup. Now that's a little bit different than maybe a regionals. Right. People are paying money. They're traveling to regionals. You're more likely going to see the 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 stronger decks, the the generally, you know, meta decks at mm. a regional. So so metagaming for a player's cup is almost impossible. And I'll give you just like a little example of that. Like I've been facing mad parties. I've been facing uh, Blacephalons with roller skates. I've been facing Whimsicott. I've been facing Reshazard, Sinchino, Mimikyu decks. Like it's been all over the place and I've only played nine keys so far. Oh, so it's been really crazy. So in terms of metagaming for the player's cup, there's so many viable decks and there's just so little metagame out there so go with something that you feel comfortable with that you like that you enjoy Uh, and i think you know if you can control the things you can control being the prizes and your in-game play can't guarantee you're gonna you know win but i can guarantee Mm -hmm. that you know you'll have a shot at it so uh, so that would be my my biggest suggestion is go in with a deck that you that you know and like and then and control what you can control for sure, that's great advice. Um, now, as far as your keys, how do you kind of allocate those? Do you try to get all fifty done really, really fast? Do you try to spread them like I'm going to do ten this week, ten this week, and then maybe just pick it up fifteen, fifteen? Or how do you kind of go about that? Yeah, I spread because it's just such a burnout, and my schedule is so crazy. Like, I wish I had more time to do the things that. Um, that I need to do, let alone the things that I want to do. So it's just, I have to spread them out. I have to get them in when I can. There were times during players cup three that, you know, I had a little bit of insomnia because I was like always stressed all the time. So I'd wake up at four o'clock or three o'clock in the morning and I just couldn't get back to sleep. So I'd roll some, you know, players cup games, uh, (laughs) you know, at (laughs) at those hours. And so I tend to spread them out that can get a little bit sketchy because, you know, we're obviously what about two weeks into it. And we have about what, 
two and a half weeks yeah, left. Two and so, a half weeks. So, so I'm again less than ten keys played. So I need to get my get my behind in gear because I, I don't want to be stressing <laughs> at the end. That's a really big sure. worry for me. I'm in the same boat. I I think I've eight eight keys uh spent mm-hmm. at this point and I'll, I'll definitely need to focus on that a little <laughs> bit later this week <laughs> uh, but yeah let's see uh so do you end up streaming your players cups or or do you kind of just keep that um on your own time yeah i tend to play them on my own time and it's not really because i have any nerves with streaming it but i don't know the players cup i want to just make sure i take it super seriously so a lot of times when i'm in a stream game i am really trying to engage with with the chatters and really trying to again bring people in and 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 trying to create that that uh, conversation between us so I'll tend to do that. Sometimes I'll miss a really key play and and mm-hmm. then it's like, well, okay, I don't know what they discarded on the last turn because I was looking at chat, you know, or something yeah. like that. And it's not really ever a major thing. It usually doesn't affect the gameplay, but it's still something where I want to, I want to provide that experience for a person that's coming in to be able to interact. And so I tend to, if I, if I'm really trying to hunker down, tended to take that stuff off stream. That's a good point. And definitely, um, yeah, you don't want to miss it because of something silly like that, or not that engaging with chat silly, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something that yeah. wouldn't normally distract you, um, you know, in a, in a normal Pokemon game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think those are all good keys. Um, as far as like metagaming, what would be like your choice? Like right now, um, like if you were going into it, if you, no spoilers, if you don't sure. want to, don't, sure. don't no, feel I, I, I mean, I've been playing Picaram as like a, yep. you know, just, just kind of my go-to. And, um, and I think that that's still just a really good deck. I would probably also consider for Players Cup, again, the meta is way too spread. So if you have a deck that like just takes an auto loss to one of the top, you know, three decks, um, that is generally fine because you're more than likely not going to play that deck. So if you're thinking like I'm thinking about things like maybe Luke Metal or like Eternatus, um, those are perfectly acceptable plays for Players Cup just because you're more than likely not going to face against things that are um, things that are bad matchups for you just because of the amount and yeah. the quality of player that's generally entering entering these tournaments. Yeah, for sure. Like even if you do hit the the like that that counter, sometimes you don't know who's behind that. So it could be a newer player, something that you could they'll misplay or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it is a top player, I mean your your chances of hitting um, you know somebody that's super competent with that list um, consistently enough that's going to affect your total outcome uh, might not be there for sure. Yep, definitely. Cool. So, I mean, yeah, uh, that's basically all I had as far as uh, questions. Um, I know Nick usually comes in with a couple of random questions here or there that I just, I, he's a better on the spot uh, uh, kind of interviewer. I'm more of a, you know, I have to think things ahead and I wrote these down, um, I but I appreciate you coming on. Um, a lot of great insight. Um, I, you know, again, I can't, I can't say enough. I've been waiting for this, uh, this, this interview because I, uh, you're you're huge in the community and you've had an influence on me for sure um well, well thank you so much um, yeah thank you I, I really appreciate that it's good to you know the pokemon content creators on the whole you can you can say you know mahone has his full-time job you know azul is like on the precipice of of making some you know pretty decent money there mm-hmm. um but you know outside of those two like 
we're running on serotonin and yep. uh and so to hear people <laughs> say hey you know you've had impact like that's uh that's really great to hear so i appreciate that oh yeah no no problem um but before we go do you have any shout outs and plugs that you want to well, uh, you know, you probably did enough of that with your mentioning of tag team, but we host <laughs> the uh, the tag team podcast every Wednesday night over on Twitch gets uploaded immediately thereafter to all your favorite podcasting platforms. So if you haven't already, check us out. Me and Riley, a couple of regional champs uh, going at it, talking, bantering and uh, discussing all the relevant Pokemon card news of the day. So for sure. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us um, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the Triple P Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at PitPokePod. You can join our Facebook group and Discord server to play and chat all things Pokemon. Check out our YouTube channel and we stream openings, matches, and events on twitch.tv slash Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast.